American Council of Blind Lions, ACBL, is the affiliate that roars, and that's no lion. ACBL holds monthly conference calls and ACB convention events that help people who are blind or visually impaired become more involved in local Lions Clubs. Find out more. Call 502-897-1472 or email lions.acb at gmail.com. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good morning, everybody. This is Christy Crespin from Highland, California on October 5th, 2021. And this is uh, People of Vision um, that we're discussing, People of Vision, A History of the American Council of the Blind by James J. McGivern and Marjorie L. McGivern, copyright 2003 by the American Council of the Blind. And we're discussing Chapter 12, um, basically our last chapter. And so today we have as our host, Sheila Young, and we have as our streamer, Larry Gassman. Thank you, uh, Sheila and Larry. And Sheila, if you could give the particulars, I'd appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. I'd be happy to. If you're on a PC and you would like to raise your hand, it is Alt-Y. If you want to mute and unmute, it is Alt-A. If you're on a Mac, it is Option-Y. If you want to mute or unmute, it's Command-Shift-A. If you're on a smartphone, in the lower right corner under more options, double tap on that and raise hand will be there. And to mute and unmute is the bottom left. And then on the standard keypad, it is star nine for the letter Y to raise your hand and star six for the letter M to mute and unmute. There you go, Christy. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So um, I am using my iPhone this morning because my computer, I hope it didn't do something really bad, but it's not working right now. So hopefully the sound quality is okay. Um, so I would like to this morning um, remember a stalwart ACB um, icon who left us on Saturday morning. Bernice Kandarian was um, instrumental in founding the Council on Citizens with Low Vision Incorporated and also the California Council on Citizens with Low Vision. Incorporated, and she began basically her sojourn with uh, ACB as a student in 1972. She was a great historian and loved to regale us with stories. Her memory about the history was phenomenal, and she loved. ACB. Her uh, 
her sweetheart, uh, Roger Peterson, um, and she were together for about 35 years. And so we need to make sure and show some love to Roger. Uh, is there anyone who would like to say something about uh, Bernice? Yes. Oh, who muted me? I have me? a hand who? raised. Um, area code 615, last 3918. Okay. You can unmute and tell us who you want to play. Actually, it's, it's, it's Jeannie, and I apologize. I didn't mean to raise my hand. I thought I had lowered it, so I apologize. I didn't okay. know her. Sorry. Thank I you. got you. I've raised my hand. Go ahead, Larry. Um, it, it's a, as, I, as you all know, because I've said it millions of times already, I've only been around ACB for a short time. But when I first joined CCB, I also joined ACBDA. And at that time, we had a California group that was trying to start. And Bernice found out about that. And somehow she contacted me because I don't even know how I initially was introduced to her i don't know that i was all of a sudden i just heard this voice saying hi i'm bernice and she regaled me with stories and talked about things for two hours and i said holy mackerel what what will she do if she actually knows me she was incredible and we talked about a lot of things especially as it related to diabetes and, and acbda and the california group that was trying to form um and and she talked to me on many, 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 many occasions after that. Um, and when we did our CCB convention this last year, we I spoke with both Roger and Bernice for probably two hours with Sarah Harris and Gabe about CCB-related stuff and ACB-related history, etc. And she was remarkable. Her memory was wonderful. I hope that when I reach into my 80s, and hopefully maybe 90s, if all goes well, I'll have that kind of retentiveness in terms of memory. And she was marvelous. It was always what ACB and CCB had done in the past and what we should and could be doing in the future. Uh, she loved to look back, but she also was looking back so she could look forward as well. And she was a terrific yes. person. Yes. Yeah, Roger told me that she would be 75 on December 5th. So, thank you, Larry. Anyone else? You don't have any other hands raised. Okay. I'm really sorry. I know um, Bob Acosta hopefully will join us a little bit later. So, maybe we might be doing a little bit more remembering at the end. Um, so, um, I would like for us to uh, talk about Chapter 11. Um, and, you know, just kind of talk about any, any, uh, um, any, uh, any thoughts regarding, um, 1995 to night to 2001 after reading, after reading, uh, chapter 12 and just kind of after the discussion from last week any 
thoughts about chapter 11? <laughs> Quiet crowd today. <laughs> yeah. No so. hands raised yet. <laughs> it's very tough to answer that question oh. after a week has gone by because just so many things yeah. have been going on. And, and, and it's like you put it in the past and you read chapter 12 yeah. and that's what you're focused on. So that's a tough thing to do. Yeah. And yeah. Libby, Libby does have her hand raised. Libby? Hi, guys. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hi. Um, the one thing that I the one thing I noticed in during this chapter and actually in chapter 11 as well is, and this was before I even joined CCB, um, things were moving and grooving. I mean, uh, pedestrian signals, um, you know, some things with um, uh, Medicare, I think. And, and just for one thing, Paul Edwards' leadership and those presidents that followed him, uh, it was truly remarkable because it was like we were out there in the forefront of of disability rights, and you know we were getting things done. And uh, I just I don't know if we don't have the tenacity now that we used to then or what, but um, that's just one thing that I did notice. Thank you. You're so right. And, Debbie, and, Deb, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, and, and again, you know, thinking about this, this 1995, this was, um, you know, nobody was left uh, from the first um, generation, so to speak, of ACB. So we're on new leadership ground. And, you know, we could have gone... Recording in progress. You know, several, we we could have gone several different ways. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. I just said recording in progress. So, um, so um, Debbie. Um, Paul Edwards was the president during that time. Is that correct? Yes. One of the things that uh, I said in the book that I was uh, I'm real impressed with is that he, and again, I, I, it's it's terrific to um, to have these people like Paul and others um, on on these community calls from time to time. I think it just uh, is is terrific for us to be able to gather from that heritage. Um, but there was one. Uh, one comment it made that that uh, Mr. Edwards had had contacted the president or leader of NFB and had spent a full day um, with him to to talk about uh, how how the the two groups could work together, and I thought that was admirable, um, commendable that he made that effort to reach out and to try to bridge that gap. Yeah, that wouldn't have happened. In the prior generation, right. Um, but even though um, uh, Derwood McDaniel really tried his best, and and you know Derwood McDaniel, George Card, they tried. They did not want to uh, separate 
Um, and as we see, as we'll talk about in chapter 12, um, you know, kind of the links that they, they, they went to, to keep the organization intact. It just yeah. was not going to work. Right. Yeah. But there was a lot of effort made to, to, to try to keep the civil war from happening. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. It's interesting. In looking back at chapter 11 and and even looking at chapter 12, it's fascinating because I've I've been in organizations and I've led other organizations and the same same traits are basically true. When the guard changes, either because leaders have passed or they've just left the organizations. When the guard changes, leaderships change, situations change. And sometimes when you have strong, strong leaders, um, whether it be two, three, four, five, or six, um, results happen. And then after a while, when those guards change, maybe you don't have as many leaders. You have maybe more followers, but not as many leaders. And and situations around you have changed, and you don't get the same kinds of results that you had earlier. And I'm not certainly saying that this is happening today, but situations have changed. Leadership has changed. Uh, and, and Paul was dramatically different than a lot of leaders in that he was willing to to look at all situations, all sides, and he got together with the president of NFB, and they talked. Whoever thought that would happen, but it did. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I think I think now that most of the factions of both organizations are gone, mostly passed, but in, mostly gone, um, you're going to see more leadership like the Dan Spoons and the people who follow him reach out to talk. I don't think that there ever will be one organization, and I'm not sure that that's a good thing. But even if there are two or three, at least there will be some chances to talk about situations and feel each other out, because even though we may still disagree philosophically, at least there will be a willingness, because these people weren't around when the quote, civil war, end quote, started, there's going to be that avenue for at least reaching out to chat, to talk, to figure out what could work for all organizations and all blind people. Right. Yes. Yeah. Any other hands? No, ma'am. Okay. So let's go ahead and get started talking about Chapter 12, Part 4, Afterthoughts. This I found to be an empty, interesting uh, chapter because... Um, it talked about, you know, philosophical differences. It talked about the different points of view, how um, each organization treated and viewed the events that led up to uh, the breaking of um, NFB and uh, birth of of ACB, and then, um, you know, basically 40 years uh, of, of ACB. So there were 
different philosophies, different spin on on the on the events, and so I, I think it, it's pretty interesting that the the, um, um, the the different um, theories that uh, people evolved. So, like in in terms of what caused the split, um, and I the three questions that they they asked were, um, you know, what happened in the past, what's happened in in you know what's happening in the present, and what will happen in the future. So they were talking about the the first four stalwart uh, men, as it were, uh, were Jacobus Tenbrook, A.L. Archibald, and DeWard McDaniel. All four of them were very strong personalities, very, I think, self-made men who... Um, basically spent their, their heart and soul, blood, sweat, and tears to make life better for blind people. And they, they played hard and they fought hard, is, is, is how I think of it. You ready for a raised hand, Christy? Yes. Mary Beth? Um, I thought Tip to Toe was really interesting, too. And actually, I, I have sort of almost always kind of thought that things would go the way Larry was saying, you know, that we'd get closer together. Um, I thought it was interesting that Chapter 12 um, presents, to me at, at any rate, uh, sort of um, a little bleaker picture of that, um, mostly because of the the you know emphasis on on the NFT history, and I just I just thought it was it was very interesting, um, you know, all that stuff about the different the different potential reasons, the different philosophies, um, and and not that we shouldn't you know keep trying to collaborate on stuff for sure. But um, I, I just, I just thought, you know, I, I hadn't really quite constructed that whole history thing in the way that um, Chapter Twelve did, and I, I thought it was very interesting. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. I, it's interesting because I, I got the same view, and I realized that back in two thousand three or two, when this was being written, they had to actually recap. And talk about what had gone before, what was going on now, and what the future would hold. Mm-hmm. And, and it was bleaker back then. But yes. 16, 17, 18 years have come and gone. Society has changed dramatically. Some would say for the better, some would say not. But no matter how you look mm-hmm. at it, politically, unfortunately, and we always have to do that. How sad. Yes. Uh, 
there are things afoot. NFB and, C, and ACB, most of us know this, but some may not, are, are, have and are working together, both on a state uh, level, even some things nationally. Not a lot necessarily, but there. But, but for instance, if you talk to people locally in the state of California, they collaborate with NFB all the time on various things. Yes. It, it just happens, and and twenty years ago, that probably would not have happened to the degree it is now. Although they've signed some huge bills with collaboration in the eighties and nineties at CCB, um, I think you're going to see it happen more and more. And I think as we get further and further away from the forties and fifties and sixties, you're going to see it happening more and more nationally we may never get together as one organization and that's fine but you're going to see the heads of those organizations working together more because it, it, if it means betterment for blind people as a whole then that's what's most important thank you larry the thing that i see um i just you know in talking with um with gabe i've just heard um just recently you know, Gabe Griffith was talking about C, um, the the NFBC president uh, Tim Elder, and I heard his name brought up recently again by another person, a CCB person. And it's nice because time was if you mentioned uh, if you were CCB and you mentioned an NFBC president or vice versa, that was like. Oh, how dare you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we have Mary some Beth. analogies. Uh, is there hands raised or no? Mary Beth, yes. Okay, Mary Beth. Actually, in second thought, I, say, I think you're right because we, we don't collaborate as much here in New York, but we do. And the other thing that I wanted to say is that the ACB community calls have, um, you know, oh, because yeah. people were so bored in the pandemic, um, many of them, that um, lots of NFB people have, um, have, you know, joined those calls and been welcomed and continue to be welcomed. And I, I think maybe, maybe Mary Larry is right. I don't, I don't think we're ever going to necessarily join together because of the whole, I don't know, just because because in certain things we are we approach things very differently. Yes. But um and in certain things, um the NFB is is pretty if it involves publicity, they'd rather have it themselves than have A C B mixed in with it lots of times, you mm-hmm. know. But that maybe, you know, um there are, you know, more opportunities for collaboration and um and hopefully we're going to continue to both you know both organizations are going to continue to take advantage of that in the future thanks yes thank you Livy. larry no Livy. oh Livy, sorry uh-huh all right okay here we go um one thing i can remember and this was back in 2003, 2004, when I left NFB, um, I can remember their position on, um, and I was president of our chapter here 
but um, Ed and Tony Ames were in our chapter. And if you know Ed and Tony, mm-hmm. I knew them well, uh, know them well. Uh, we, uh, when the, they started to uh, not allow guide dogs in their training facilities, training centers, that broke the camel's back. Yeah. And Ed and Tony, I remember this so vividly. They wrote an open letter to NFB condemning them about this and that said that, you know, if they don't change this, uh, they're out of there. Well, of course, they did not. And so mm-hmm. Ed and Tony left. And I can remember Tony telling us we have gotten over 300 responses of folks uh, calling them, emailing them, whatever. People crying. You know, it's like, what am I going to do? Da, 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 da. And I, um, for me, that was really hard because I was in the throes of starting the process of trying to find a guide dog. And it was like, okay, I felt like the rug was pulled out from under me. It's like, now what do I do? You know, and that was a big, big, big thing back then. And that was, besides that and what else happened to me, that was one reason why I left. And Thank you. Uh, broke my heart, but that's what happened. Yeah, and um, and now NFB has its own guide dog, Magdu, um, has its own guide dog organization. And so well, they had know, it back then too. Things, yeah, but but things change, and uh, hopefully it, it's a little bit more uh, inclusive. Well, they had it back um, but, then but, too, Christy. Um, but I sure I sure remember that horrible time, and many of us cried with our guide dogs. Many of us cried. Yeah. Thank you. That's all your hands right now. Okay, good. So we'll talk about the medical analogy. Um, There were several analogies. I believe there were six. And the first was a medical analogy where you cut off the appendage. Um, If, you you know, it's a disease, it's incurable. If you need to um, cut off the appendage to stay whole and be better, then that's what you do. And that's... That's Basically almost biblical too. Way that, pardon? It's almost biblical too. Yeah, it is. Yep. You know, cut up. If your right hand offends you, cut it off. Um, if your eye <laughs> offends you, pluck it out. Yeah. So my brother and I used to do a joke because of my prosthetic eyes. So I used to tell my brother an eye for an eye, and he used to take out his false tooth and say, "And a tooth for a tooth." So. <laughs> um, we, um, you know, we joke about that, but but truly, you know, NFB did uh, cut off appendages, and and it it was seen as being more uh, effective and better to go without your appendages than to to hang on them to them and to be rot- rotten, you know, get the gangrene. Um, I'm going to my bookmark list. Um, 
Then they had the uh, analogy, the literary analogy of the fatal flaw, where um, the spotlight was placed on the conduct of the leader rather than the, the spotlight of his critics. So the hero, um, you know, is is admired by all and basically supposed to be questioned by none. And so if you question the, the leader, then there's something wrong with you, not the leader. So how could the leader have acted differently? Uh, what would have happened if the leader would have acted differently? Any comments on that? You have Musi. Musi? Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? I think this was the best analogy because so much of it seemed to be personality. And it seems that, uh, you know, Jurgen was just hard to get along with. And I think that he... He destroyed the organization. That's just my opinion. He wouldn't cooperate with anyone. And I think it was wonderful that Paul Evans went to speak with him, you know. But Paul reported he didn't, the guy was just too rigid and too stubborn. Sort of Mm -hmm. like Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, okay, bye. (laughs) Okay. No others. No other hands? Mm-mm. Nope. Okay, a military analogy. That seems to be the um, most prevalent analogy. Um, you know, Jernigan called for out, all outright war. Um, and, you know, we talk about it being the Civil War. Um, so the the military analogy is is a very popular analogy. And it might appear less judgmental than the literary or the medical, but not necessarily. So Jernigan was always using the military uh, analogies, Um, you know, talking about waging war and, you know, defeating the enemy and things like that. So any, any thoughts on the military analogy? Nellie? Nellie? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, even with the military analogy and um, soldiers um, are to follow orders, but even with that, um, um, generals can, can speak to, you know, the higher generals and, um, and advise him, and they can disagree. And, um, you know, using military language, 
when they have something they disagree about with all due respect, and then they say blah, 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 or permission to speak freely, and then you can say whatever you know you need to say. But that kind of atmosphere did not even exist. It was very risky for anybody who wanted to uh, share a different viewpoint. Right, because they were kicked out. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, they were kicked out. They were stopped. They were <laughs> cut off um, and seen as the enemy. Um, anyone else? Mary Beth. Mary Beth? I think the thing, that, at least for me, is kind of hard to grasp in a way is that part of the reason that the whole situation is so complicated and, you know, they have all these theories and to me at the end of that chapter, ultimately they say, well, it's probably some of all of this stuff is that um, there's so much, um, at least, you know, in, in rhetoric, there's so much common ground and, you know, um, even in talking about the whole tragic flaw thing that, um, the the thing that's compelling in literature about one of those leaders with a, tra- a tragic flaw is that the the leader has lots and lots of good qualities compelling qualities you know that the reason that you know that these people survived and were believed is because they um were compelling I mean, to read, you know, some of the NFB speeches, I mean, I, I don't, never met any, any of the, I think I've met Mark Maurer, but none of the rest. Um, right. But, you know, um, knowing that, you know, and, and also, too, knowing that, you know, as they were talking about in the, in the book, that, say, you know, 50 years after this whole thing is over, you know, you have people like Marie Boring um, basically heartbroken over this this division, knowing that it was so necessary, but heartbroken because of how much he had admired Jacobus Tenbrook. That um, I think that that's one of those those factors that's that's difficult because you know in some ways our goals are similar and our yes. uh, our means of uh, achieving them in many ways are are very different. But right. that it's 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 a deeply conflicting thing because you know it's it's not simple. These you know these people knew each other, especially in the in the first generation. But even you know what, even as time went on, you know the, as the people would like leave the the federation and come to ACB or whatever, that you know um, they left people back at whatever organization they left that they cared about. And that, right. that that's always difficult personally and organizationally. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I Thank you, Mary Beth. I was looking at, you know, thinking about every time I, 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 I talk about this, it just brings into my memory how much, um, how horrible it was to leave friendships behind and you try not to, but um, the mm-hmm. NFB, tended to be a might is right and my way or the highway and uh, you know no we can't have two differing opinions you have to have my opinion or else and so it made it very difficult to 
um, to really um, keep friendships from one side of the aisle to the other. And, you know, these were people, my goodness, we loved the, you know, our, our friends and it, it was a bitter heartbreak. And like I said, it was, it's like a divorce and, you know, you're, you're the children and you're caught in the middle. Any other comments? Christy, I'll, I'll, I'd like to say something. Uh -huh. when, when, I came, when I got involved in the blindness organizations, it was in 2001, uh -huh. um, because I lived in a sighted world my entire life and had never met a blind person until 2000. And the first thing I was introduced to was NFB because that's what they had at the Richmond Rehab Center for the Blind. And then um, when I came to Mississippi, when I moved to Mississippi, I the only thing I found was the Mississippi Council, and I loved their attitude. Absolutely uh -huh. loved it. And I grew uh -huh. up in Virginia Beach, and there was nothing in Virginia Beach. Uh -huh. And and then um, when I came to Orlando, I became a dual member of both because I wanted uh -huh. to check both of them out. Right. And when the NFB, after being a member for a couple of years, said, well, the edict came down and you are not allowed to be a member of both. Oh, and I right. said, excuse me? So you cannot be a member of both. And I said, then I guess I will not be a member of NFB because nobody's going to tell me what I can and cannot do as a member driven organization. And I never went back. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and that speaks volumes because as a former NFB person, I was hardcore. And um, when I noticed that people were in both NFB and, and, and CCB, NFBC and CCB in California, I was like, oh, no, you can't do that. You can only join one or the other. And my ACB friend said, no, we don't have any rules about that. And um, it really made me think. And, you know, who's, whose business is it anyway? Does mm -hmm. it really matter? Um, who am I to tell people which organization to join or not to join? Uh, I can tell you why. I left NFB and went to CCB. And I can tell you how I feel. Um, in NFB, I felt like I was judged and everything I did was judged. And the conversations that I had had to be reported. And, um, you know, who said this and what do you think they meant? And every, you know, it was like that. But with um, and, and things were secret. And in, in ACB, there is some lack of transparency. I have to say that, and it irritates me. And so when there is, I bring it out. I call it forward. Um, and I'm not the most popular person, but I'm not here to be popular. So that's okay. I'm here to ask the hard questions, and and that's okay. Um, but I'm... Uh, do we have any hands at this yes, time? Yes, Beth. Okay. Go ahead, Beth. You're uh, muted, Beth. You mean there me? You uh -huh. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Um, 
Yes, that's exactly what um, the dilemma a bunch of us face here in in New Mexico is that um, when there was a there was an ACB chapter started, and a bunch of the NSB people went over there. And they found out about it, and they're not like, no, you're not allowed to be in. This is just within the last 10 years, or 10 or 15 years. You know, you're not allowed to be a member of both. Well, needless to say, all the stuff they did in New Mexico, like closing down the industries and stuff like that, NFB, because they, they're in charge of the commission, the school, and the orientation center. Right. And and they did that, and they left thousands of people falling by the wayside, and it seemed like they didn't really care. And uh, but yet we we couldn't be a member of both. So a lot of us have left NFB. They might not have joined back up with ACB, you know, but a lot of them have have left NFB for that reason. Mm-hmm. And they saw that the Commission for the Blind didn't really do anything to help the people. And that's sad. Especially the older people. Yeah. And that's sad. Uh, One of the things that I I would like to also mention, though, is that at one point, um, our chapter was uh, uh, Alexa stop. At one point, our our chapter was... um, um, I'm trying to think of the word to use. People joined our chapter and we did not realize they, that they were NFB members. And I think, again, that's transparency. And they actually tried to, um, I will use the word, infiltrate our chapter and take it over. Uh, mm-hmm. We did not allow that to happen, but I wonder how many, how many times that has happened. Uh, with ACB chapters where people from NFB were not transparent about being members of NFB and tried to get their people to run for president or in office to um, to take over the chapter and hijack it to NFB and and probably vice versa. You know, that would be an interesting discussion. You do have a hand raised. Okay. Calandra. Calandra. Yes, this is she. Um, what I, you know, I have often observed is ever since I was a little girl, I was in organization. You know, I went from Austin to Dallas. You know, I was originally born in Waco, and I grew up in both Dallas, I mean, Waco, between Waco, Austin, and Dallas. And um, the organization that I remember, I don't know if anybody has heard of it, but it's Dallas Services, uh, where they used to do a lot of things. We'd go on field trips and such, and... We even did rap sessions and stuff like that. And that happened up until I graduated from high school. Uh-huh. And then um, way back, and then I joined, uh, I don't know if you would call, 
Texas Commission for the Blind, both in Dallas and Fort Worth. I think they help with a lot of um, job needs and stuff like that. But, you know, I've had some bad experiences that I wish, I, you know, that I would prefer, prefer not to bring up. But I've had some good experiences with them, too. And then in 2015, I joined both the um, ACB and the, the TFB. And I was told that I, you know, I was not told that I could not join both of them because um, when I was at the other center at Westchester, a friend of mine, Cindy Malmstrom, got me joined in both organizations. But the TFB is not available anymore, I don't think. Uh-huh. Thank you, Calandra. We have another okay. hand raised. Okay, thank you. Welcome, Robert Acosta. Oh, good. Okay. Hi, Bob. Uh-huh. Bob, you're muted. And it is being recorded, so you got to hit the got it. Okay, well, he may need a minute to unmute. And that's your last hand for now. All right, so I want to introduce the next analogy, and that is the religious analogy. And, you know, I mean, when I was in the NFB, I used to say it's a religion. And I don't think we look at ACB that way. I don't think we look at ACB as a, you know, people worshipped Jacobus Tenbrook. Um, and, And the analogy, you know, talks about basically, you know, the, um, extolling of the virtues of basically i noticed that when you're reading an nfb article it could be talking about anything it always mentions nfb and blah 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 and does the proselytization acb doesn't do that um i guess we're likened to um the 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 Protestant Reformation, and um, I'm Roman Catholic, so uh, I stayed with the Roman Catholic, but so many people left Roman Catholicism because they felt like there was so uh, much of a divide, and that's basically what um, the religious uh, analogy talks about, the difference between ACB and NFB. Mr. Queen has his hand raised. Okay, go ahead, Don. He's still muted. Don or Bob, whichever one of you guys can unmute first gets to talk. And you're almost to 10 minutes. Right. 
think they're having a hard time with that <clears throat> recording and got yeah, it. You got to hit that. You got it, Bob. Maybe shift tab to got it. And once you hit got it, then you should be allowed to unmute. Yeah, after you hit got it, you have to unmute yourself. I know because I did that. Yeah, and unfortunately, the host can't unmute you. So yeah. Okay, well, that's that's who's got who had no, ma'am. That was it. That's it for now. So, so after thoughts in terms of where do we, where were we in the past? Well, there's lots of conjecture. Um, there's sanitized history. Um, there's there was hope that the history you know, would be desanitized, but, um, you know, the, the book says as, as late as 1992 and, and later, um, they talked about how Kansas City was just a blip in the history of NFB. Um, nobody admits any wrongdoing, anything that could have been done differently. Um, so that's pretty frustrating. And, and because of that alone, there's no way that NFB and, and ACB would uh, connect because of our philosophical dis- differences. And, you know, we know what really happened and we're not, we're not given um Appreciation, I guess. Um, you know, Dorwood McDaniel going from being in the who's who of NFB to being relegated to the dissident uh, and blackballed from from NFB. Um, the democracy of of ACB, where the president can only run for three terms which um, I don't believe that's true in NFB, and they have had far fewer presidents. I think they're there for the duration. Yeah, yeah. until they, they're they want to retire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until, they, until they decide that they're not going to run again, basically. Um, and um, the interpretation of events the um, continued um, bombardment of of negativity regarding ACB by NFB. Um, you know, when I when I used to read the Braille Monitor, basically I looked to the NFB and to the Braille Monitor about how to interpret what. ACB was doing and you know I I joined in 1971 and interestingly because Bernice joined um, ACB in 1972 and we had such total different perspectives and basically both arrived at the same conclusion Robert Acosta's back and he's got his hand raised okay can you unmute, Bob? 
I'm unmuted. I think oh, right. <laughs> I, I hate Zoom. I had to really battle this one. Sorry. Real quick, Bernice can do. That's what Durwood McDaniel called her. He didn't call her Kandarian. He said, Bernice can do. Because any assignment he gave to her, she delivered. And it was my privilege and honor to know uh, Bernice Kandarian. She was a champion of low vision. But she realized that the re- some of us were blind and treated us with respect. Never did she put in my presence a blind person down like, you got a spot on your shirt. You know, at the top of her voice, like some of my friends who were low yeah. vision do, trying to help us, but that's not the way to do it. Bernice will be greatly, greatly missed by all who knew her and our love and prayers to Roger. He's not here, maybe, but he's a, Roger oh is God. a wonderful guy and we're with him. He's not alone. Finally, you've all heard it. We lost Ann Parsons last night. Ann Parsons no. was a giant yes. yeah. in the list. I remember her at Rochester oh. and Ann took over all the religious organizations. She was very, very religious, respected all the religions. And anything you asked Anne to do, if she promised that she would do it, it was done. We really have been getting hit hard this year. 2021 is not a great year at all. We're just, I could list guys, friends that we're losing, whether it's COVID, old age, cancer, whatever. And we can't take these hits. Thank you, Christy, for allowing me to speak. Thank you. Music. This is so interesting. I appreciate you people that were really there. Or can you hear me? I guess you can. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say I just moved to Pennsylvania and I joined the Sight Center, which they have luncheons and like they're going to teach us to use a sewing machine. And, you know, but I asked and some of those people belong to neither organization. I was shocked. Um, and, and I'm going to find out why they don't join. Um, cause I'm an ACB person. And of course I want to stay that way. And I, I just don't understand. Did you know there are some blind people that don't belong to either? Yes. Okay. They take the benefits of both organizations. The, right. the legislation we passes, they're first in line. That's just the way people unions are suffering greatly right now. 10% yes. of the blind are in organizations. We need more. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. Didn't raise my hand. Oh, it's okay, Mary Beth. <laughs> Mary Beth? Um, I just wanted to mention that one of the things that, that the NFB not only keeps their leaders in for the duration, but they they groom the next one. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, as soon as whatever, Kenneth Junigan left, there's Mark Maurer, his hand-picked uh, guy, you know, ready to step in. And, I mean, that's that's their... Um, that's their pattern, and that I think that is the thing that keeps their their history alive and right. their their attitudes alive because because they spend so much time grooming. doing that, you know, grooming mm-hmm. the people that are coming up. Thank you. Well, uh, you know, it said I guess that Jernigan skipped over the first vice president, and I don't remember who that was, and um, Ralph Sanders was made president and uh after that uh jernigan took over again and uh then the uh nfb center was uh born in maryland in baltimore and the irony is that john taylor and ralph sanders both left nfb and came to acb 
Um, Christine, Mr. Queen has his hand raised, so maybe he can get unmuted now. I hope can so. You hear me now? Yes, yes sir. thank you, Don. Yeah. I, I found got it. You got to find got yeah. it there on this thing. Anyway, yeah. I, you know, we. I think there was a big difference between Timbrook uh, and the the relig religiosity that you were talking about that was come from Ken Jernigan. Yes, all, all the way because, uh, and uh, that might have been a cultural thing, and they really got fanatic, but. Uh, Timbrook wanted you to agree with him, but he, he, in fact, he, he, he'd rather, he resigned rather than have people just follow him, even though he knew they weren't agreeing with him. I, I, but, uh, he, uh, I know that, I, yeah, and, uh, in the book that described how Kathy Skyvers talked about him calling her, well, they, um, uh, he, he called that when his last days he converted to Catholicism and was calling people around the country apologizing to what they he'd done to them and all that because he closed all those chapters after he yeah. was so he, he had a that sad ending there not as bad as yeah. thank you so much for that information Don well, it is time to say goodbye for this week. I have gotten three out of six responses for next week for our uh, panel with our um, ACB presidents past and present. And so a lot can happen in a week, and I hope you all will come back. Gee, do you want us to read the appendices for next week, uh, Christy? <laughs> I'm not reading the appendices. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're welcome. I, I, I think, you know, no homework for this week. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll be interested to, to hear from the, the presidents and maybe have, you know, a chance to ask questions. And the will... We'll uh, see you all next week. And thank you again, Sheila, for hosting and Larry for screaming. <laughs>